All right, before we go back to this episode of the Blind Tag Podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to Mark July for their song, Powerful Rock Next Generation. This is a song being used for this season's intro. You can download this and other royalty free songs to use on your podcast at pixabay.com. That is P I X A B A Y.com for all your royalty-free music needs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blind Tag Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Nashheim. Today, it's going to be a... Um, well... I would go through my normal intro, but I'm, I'm not going to this week. Um, so, I had a decent show planned, but what happened on Monday, just, I gotta talk about it. So, um, by now, everyone in the country, dare I say the world, knows of 24-year-old DeMar Hamlin, uh, defensive player for the Buffalo Bills, who, after a routine tackle on Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, got up and then proceeded to collapse. Uh, the, um, The speed of which... EMTs or medical personnel, according to Scott Van Pelt, he said the speed that they um, got onto the field, he said he knew immediately that there was something different about this. This wasn't your standard, um, I don't know if there's a, a such thing as a standard football injury. But, um,. You know, you, you, you have... So, that happens. Um, the players on the field are visibly shaken. Like, you know... Josh Allen is white, but he was getting pale. Um... Stephon Diggs and other players were just like bawling like hands over their head. Uh, some players were having to walk away because they, it was so distressing. They formed a human wall around him as uh, uh, they proceeded to administer CPR and brought in a brought the paddles in to restart his heart. It's And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit because, you know, a little bit from ESPN. Um, CPR was administered to Hamlin on the field Monday after multiple, for multiple minutes after he collapsed. He received oxygen as he was be, was placed in the ambulance and taken off the field some 16 minutes after he collapsed. Um, and, like, so... Here, here, here's the thing. I wasn't watching the game. All right. 
Um, I was watching Monday Night Raw because, like, okay, you know, Buffalo Bills and Bengals, that's going to be a great game. Um, I wanted to see what was going on on Raw as well because it's, you know, the first of the new year. And, but, uh, you know, checking my fantasy teams because I have Jamar Chase on my fantasy team and... Unfortunately, I was in the ninth place game of my league that I'm the commissioner of. I should have rigged it a little more, but eh, is what it is. And I noticed that they they had the ball, and I, I was like, okay, you know, he, he hadn't played, you know, he hadn't got a catch, got any points. Uh, I got the Bills kicker, and he he had got a uh, uh, field goal. Like a short range field goal. So, Cincinnati was on their second drive. All right, cool, whatever. I continue to watch watching Raw, and I look again, and it has delay. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Okay, it is Cincinnati. It is January, you know. Maybe Mother Nature decided to go hi in the middle of the in the middle of the game where he needed to postpone uh, delay it just to go. Okay, you know, let's maybe it, or there maybe there was lightning in the area or whatnot. Maybe uh, there was a Super Bowl scenario where the uh, the power went out. And it, it's one thing you can play with no lights and no scoreboard at one o'clock in the afternoon like the Bills and the Chargers famously did one year. Um, but it's another thing when it's Monday Night Football, and yeah, if you don't have no lights, it it will be an interesting game, to be honest. But not necessarily very productive. And when the lights came back on, uh, there might be some hurt feelings. I'm just gonna, just gonna go ahead and say that. You know, it they'll be playing like it's the 1970s, and there's no rules. Oh, hey, they can't call a flag on me. So I turned it over to ESPN just to, just to figure out like what the world's going on, and of course, it was a commercial. So I'm like, ah, jeez, all right, all right, maybe you know I'll, I'll stick on it for a minute. And apparently, I had just turned on there when the, they just started going to commercials. So I'm like, all right, turn it back to Raw, and I and I, and I go on ESPN. Well, not only was it, you know, the game was delayed, that's when I found out that he had collapsed, he had had CPR administered, and the game was temporarily suspended, and I went, oh, shit. Like, that... That wasn't, like, I, I, I did not have the words. I really, I really did not have the words. Um, in fact, in a uh, group text chain of you know, some of the people in my fantasy league, uh, I literally, um, you know, we're like, okay, what's going to happen to the game? 
and uh, now I started noticing they were, the equipment people were taking game all the time. This is before anything had been officially postponed. And I mean, like I'm sitting there and I'm watching this. I'm listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman be, you know, very, you know, professional in what's going on. Um, but, you know, and also the, the, the studio, which, you know, some people kind of panned them going to the um, countdown studio, but what, what, what are you going to do? Like, until the game is officially suspended, they they can't just put on like pre pre taped programming. I mean, I completely understand why why you know they could, but it might be in violation of the contract. Like if the game is still if it's suspended, you have to stay, you know, you have to be able to come back to the field like in five seconds whenever the game is not suspended anymore. I don't know the um, uh, contract that they have, but I, I would think that way. But I, I I started thinking, and my my thought was. May of 1999. Now, anyone who know who's listened to the show, um, you know I'm a big wrestling fan. So, um, myself and several of my my high school friends, we were watching Over the Edge. Uh, the first match, I don't even remember what the first match was. It was bad, but it was a typical Attitude Era match. Um, but the second match was the Godfather, the Intercontinental Champion at the time, taking on the Blue Blazer, played by Owen Hart. They go to a, um, you know, getting ready to send it to the uh, pre-match promo, and then you hear Jim Ross at the very end of it go, uh, we need some help out here. Okay, that that didn't sound good, but I don't know. Maybe it was a part of the stunt, but the way he said it was so stern, like so like you know, emotional, stern but emotional. And they come back from the um, promo. And they're doing crowd shots. They won't show the ring. They continue to do crowd shots. Uh, you will not find this on the WWE Network. Or on, on Peacock. Because once they uploaded everything and uh, when the network started, uh, this pay-per-view was heavily edited. And that entire segment was taken out for obvious reasons. 
because if, if they even um, put that segment on once, they could be in violation of their uh, uh, settlement agreements with uh, the Hart fa- uh, with uh, Owen's family. And obviously, we don't want to relive that. So here's. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. All right, so what's going on? Well, they, you know, Jerry Lawler, who was one of the color commentator, got up to go check on Owen, as Jim Ross is telling us that Owen had fell ninety feet from the arena. The, the, the ceiling of the arena, uh, Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. When in, in context, Jerry Lawler this time was the male chauvinistic pig who every time he saw a woman pop, you know, pop on the screen on his monitor, he went puppies and would basically be praying to God whenever there was an evening gown match because he gets to see his favorite thing. So he, he comes back and sits down and you, you you see his face like that's that's not Jerry Lawler the character. That's the person behind the character. And JR asked, you know, you know, asked Lawler for an update, and all Lawler could say is, doesn't look good. Now, Owen would later go, would die en route to the hospital in Kansas City. Um, but WWF at the time was maligned for continuing the pay-per-view because the show must go on. I I uh, see in even in 2023 now that's still a divisive topic amongst wrestling fans. I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but I will I will bring it back, I promise. It's 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 a divisive topic. So coming coming back to Damar, I remember texting the group chat and I was like, Matt and Bennett would get this reference because they're re- obviously you know listening to the episodes, they're wrestling fans too, and I told him that the feeling I had. When Jim, when they started doing crowd shots, and then Jim, and they focused on Jim Ross, and then Lawler's reaction to what happened was, "Oh no, this is not good." That that, that sinking feeling of just what in the world. I had that feeling on Monday night. That feeling of, oh no, this is not supposed to happen. Now, 
the NFL Players Association has come out and vehemently denied that they were going to give the players five minutes to warm up before going back out. The NFL vehemently denies that they were, I'm sorry, not the PA, but the, but the NFL um, said they vehemently deny it. Because, but someone with some sort of clout or some sort of position of authority told ESPN and Joe Buck that they were going to get five minutes. And that's why Joe Buck said it. Joe Buck is a legendary announcer. Sometimes I don't like, uh, sometimes his calls seem to be eh, kind of bland or kind of forceful, like forcing it to be good. But you cannot deny that he has earned the right to command the salary he commands. At uh, and leaving Fox, him and Troy Eggman leaving Fox for ESPN. I'm not going to walk up on the Monday Night Football set and tell Joe Buck, "Hey, Bob told me that." Um, they're going to be playing in five minutes. He's going to look at me. First of all, actually, no, I'm not even going to get that far because security going to throw my ass out. So whoever relayed that information to him needs to not be involved in NFL game, uh, game productions moving forward. Um, but I got to give credit to, um, Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott, well, Zach, Zach Taylor, because he walked, like, you don't see the opposing coach walk across the field to conference with the other coach. That's what happened. And they got the officials in and they went to the locker room. Game was officially postponed at 10.01 p.m. We don't, we don't know how the game is going to be remade because this is the next last week of the season. I get it; it's important for seeding. If if Buffalo loses one game, Kansas City is the number one seed. I don't, I don't know how they're going to play it. I don't. But. That was conversations that should not have been have been having on Monday. In fact, um, talking with someone, they were like, "Well, you know, when's the game when we play?" Like right now, I don't care. I mean, I care in long, you know, down the road because it could be to me. Uh, it could be the difference between me picking third and fourth in next year's draft but I don't care about that it's it's about DeMar Hamlin which brings me um to a very controversial figure well before I do before I get into that 
Um, I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, around at 1.30 p.m., the Buffalo Bills uh, sent out a tweet. DeMar remains in the ICU in critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight. He is expected to remain under intensive care as his healthcare team continues to monitor and treat him. And you know, continue to pray for him. Um, in fact, he has a uh, um a charity going on, uh, a, a toy drive, and his you know this was created after after he left Pittsburgh to go to the NFL. Um, based on his age, I think he graduated from Pittsburgh. Um, but his goal was to raise $2,500. I won't, I'm going to look up his, his numbers right now. Alright, so this was a article that was actually just put out by uh, CBS.com, or CBSSports.com. Alright, going into Monday night, Hamlin's GoFundMe page had less than 3,000 in total donations, but after watching what transpired, um, donations poured in. As of Wednesday morning, the donation total was at over $6 million. With one of the biggest donations coming from Tom Brady himself, who gave $10,000. Broncos uh, quarterback Russell Wilson and his wife Sierra also donated $10,000. As did wrestler Chris Jericho from AEW. Not to be outdone, Matthew Stafford donated $12,000. I think now we're going to have a competition between all these players. <laughs> hey, who donated to Hamlin the most? <laughs> um, Andy Dalton, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Shannon Sharp, Drake London. I'll talk about Shannon Sharp in a minute. Marcus Jones, Miles Brandt, Andrew Whitworth, Lawrence Guy, Brian Hoyer, Lloyd Cusenberry, Trey Lance, and the McCourty brothers. Are other players or former players who donated at least a thousand dollars? From a team perspective, one of the biggest donations came from their opponent this weekend, the New England Patriots, who donated wow eighteen thousand and three dollars. The Houston Texans donated ten thousand and three dollars. The Commanders five thousand, and Seahawks one thousand. Uh, Several coaches and front office members, including Raiders coach Josh McDaniels, Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, and 49ers general manager John Lynch. Um, This is what he wrote on the GoFundMe page when he he, uh, first started. As I embark on my journey to the NFL, I will never forget where I come from 
and I am committed to using my platform and positively impact the community that raised me. I created the Chasing M's Foundation as a vehicle that will allow me to deliver that impact and the first program is the 2020 Community Drive, Toy Drive. Even GoFundMe, this is a Twitter account, uh, post this on Monday night. Here is the verified GoFundMe Damar Hanlon started in December. Following his injury on the field tonight, fans across the country are showing their support for him and the family by donating to his fundraiser. Uh, fans left the stadium once the word of it being suspended was released and they started going to the hot they went to the hospital to um, pay their tribute uh, a candlelight visual and, and stuff like that uh, Stefan Diggs went straight from uh, took an uber from the stadium to the hospital which is about two minutes not two minutes two miles away and had to be uh, had to have his identity verified by a ESPN reporter. It's it that's that's a hey, kudos to the cop doing his job, doing his damn job. That's that's what I'm I'm definitely wanted to say about that. Um, but that's let's let's like I said um. You know, everyone had their had their supports. You know, tweeting the supports and prayer thoughts and prayers. Dan Ovlosky on Tuesday in something that last week would have got him vilified by a lot of people. He openly prayed for Demar Hamlin on the show. I don't care. If, if, if he had prayed last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, he's going to, provi- he's going to provide the an- analysis for um, the show. I don't care. If you, want to, if, if you want to pray ten times a day on camera, I don't care. That's what's great about this country. But... Um this is um going to be Okay, oh, actually here's you know before I before I get to that. So, and and funny there, there, there's apparently a funny story about why Chris Jericho donated 10,000, all right? Uh, WWE legend who now wrestles for AEW donated 5000 to Hamlin's GoFundMe page. Jericho, however, accidentally spelled his name as Chris, C-R-H-U-S. So to remedy the situation, he simply donated another 5000 under his correct name. Uh... Yeah, so that's... 
that's when when you when you have to donate another five thousand just be, just because uh, you you forgot to you know spell your name right um, is is just it's it's a Chris Jericho thing, but you know in all of um, the brouhaha. Uh, these were tweets that were um, sent out by Fox Sports commentator. And when I mean commentator, I mean like um, opinion commentator, Skip Bayless. Him and he and Shannon Sharp host Undisputed and sometimes gets a little heated. But. Let me let me go through the four tweets that he did. All right. Not exactly sure what happened to Demar Hamlin. Players on both teams are shaking. Ambulance out on the field. CPR administered. Can't remember play being stopped for this length of time. Just say a prayer for him and his family. This was at nine eleven p.m. At nine twenty four. I've seen so many horrific injuries suffered on football fields, yet never have I seen a reaction like this. In every other situation I've witnessed or covered, the game always went on fairly quickly. The attitude was, hey, that's football. For these players, this was different. Which is correct because, you know, next, next man up. Uh, those tweets have been viewed as of recording this by 8.7 and 10.6 million people a time, or million people. This is the one that really pissed some people off. Six minutes later, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, dot, 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 which suddenly seems so irrelevant. First of all, I'm going to say this to Skip Bayless. I know, like, you're here on the totem pole. I'm, like, I'm not even on the screen. I'm going to say this about that tweet. What the fuck is wrong with you? There was a guy we don't know at this, at that point in time who had to be given CPR and had to have the paddles taken out and shocked back to life. Who gives a fuck about the schedule right now? Who? You do, apparently. I mean, I've got two players from uh, from those teams on my fantasy league. I don't care about the schedule. If it gets if it gets uh, doesn't get played again, okay, cool. And I and I get it that there's people asking that question. I get it 
that the NFL is going to have to come up with that decision. They came out with a statement on Tuesday to say this game is not going to be played this week. We haven't made any adjustments to Week 18 schedule. We'll we'll get through Week 18 and then figure it out. Like, really? That's that's the one thing you're worried about. Is the schedule? Dude. You. On a, uh, you know, three out of ten times you open your mouth, bullshit comes out. I know there's some people out there who who were like, well, I, I, I read it. I, I, I read the tweet and it didn't see me I didn't see anything wrong with that like I get it this is my opinion if you don't like my opinion I don't give two shits about it he he should have typed that out and then before he hit sin think is this what his family should be reading right now and then he should he should have saved that in draft. Maybe you know if that tweet had been released Tuesday or today, okay. All right. Even though we are you know he's still fighting for his life, we know he is improving. Now is an might be maybe I don't know an appropriate time to ask that question. Not while he is riding in an ambulance as they're still trying to save his life. Shannon Sharp was not on Undisputed on Tuesday. And it was speculated that this was done at a protest. Well, he came back on Wednesday. I'm going to read, you know, I'm going to read uh, this interesting tweet from uh, Dov Kleiman. Given how much of the show is manufactured for ratings, who knows if any of this is real or Shannon trying to fool people. But this scene from the opening of Undisputed is very tense and I doubt Skip and Shannon will be working together for long. This is what Shannon said. I, I wish I had the rights to the audio, otherwise I'd play it. I don't. Um, but, and I quote, There's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this. Watching that game on Monday night, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. As a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, we know injuries happen. Injuries are part of the game. I've seen guys suffer ACL and Achilles tears, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field, so it struck me uh, a little different. Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet... And hopefully, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it 
And then Skip Bayless decided to give his two cents. Well, timeout. I'm not going to take it down because I stand by what I tweeted. A clearly frustrated Sharp then seemed to break the fourth wall and accost Bayless. Go ahead. Let's go, Jen. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting me. I just, I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want yesterday to be a situation where we shouldn't have been talking about him and not get into your tweet. That's what I was going to do, but you can't even let me finish my open monologue without you interrupting. And he was trying to interrupt the entire time you were saying that. I get that a lot of these shows, these debate shows, are ma- are manufactured in a way to uh, draw ratings. That wasn't manufactured. If that was manufactured, Shannon would have been on the show on Tuesday. He wasn't. Because this legitimately pissed him off. And you could see it on his face. Like, I don't know his contract status. But I almost... I would put money on it. That he's walking into the offices of uh, Fox Sports and go... I'm not renewing my contract. Not only that, if there's a, if there's um, a lot of um, time left on it, say is say it's one two years, they probably look at him and go, "I want out now." If that means you got to fire me for breach of contract, I'm not doing this shit with him anymore. Like, they had to show yesterday with just him. I know it's funny me to say that because it's just me here, but this is me sitting in my room recording this. This isn't me sitting on a set in Los Angeles for Fox Sports 1. So, come on. It's, it is remarkable to me. And as I, as, as I looked at, um, I'm, I'm probably not even going to monetize this episode. I'm probably just going to put this up as is. But. Like. That's the reason why he left. ESPN. Was him and Stephen A. Smith. Butted heads too much. And don't get me wrong. In that scenario. Both parties were guilty. Not in this one. Not in this one. I mean, yeah, dude, like you insensitive prick.
Someone needs to go to sensitivity training. And that's your ass, the, uh, Skip Bayless. His dad wasn't sensitive to the family. Once you know he's he's okay, okay, didn't ask that question. The NFL is not even touching it until until after week eighteen ends. So if the NFL isn't going to touch it until next Monday, why the fuck are you? I know why. Because you got to have ratings. You want people to tune in on on the next day and go, ooh. Oh, I'm so pissed off at Skip Bayless. And then you turn on the show and it's only him and his ratings go up. Well, here's here's a novel idea for a lot of these people who are mad at Skip Bayless. Don't watch the show. And I'm guilty of I'm guilty of sharing you know you know some of their clips when it it is necessarily, but yeah after this, mm -mm. so yeah. I did not expect to go on a 40 minutes um, discussion about this, but this is it's more important. I mean, I was planning on doing like a, a year in review. I can sit here and talk as I'm doing this. I'm watching the uh, inability of our House of Representatives to pick a speaker because the, Repu the um, extremists in the Republican Party are want basically all the control. Twenty people want to want to control of two hundred and twenty-two. So now, a first time in a century that something like this is happening. I could have talked about that, but yeah, well, you know, once I just got started, I I just got started. So. With that being said, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna break break this episode up. I'm not gonna put like little breaks in it. I'm literally just going to upload it. I want everyone to pray. If if you believe in prayer. Pray for him, for his friends, his family, his teammates. If you don't believe in prayer, keep them in your thoughts. If you believe in positive vibes, send all the positive vibes you can. Uh, he is getting better, but as someone who dad had a heart attack this time two years ago and my grandmother had several it's the 48 to 72 hours after that's always the uh, turning point that's where things things can go good and things can go wrong we can't and it wasn't a football play 
that happened that I, I, I think it'd be you know I, I don't want to speculate or anything like that but could have been more palatable if it was a football play I don't know I mean I, I can't answer that question but it's is the scariest thing I've seen since 1999 2001 if you count uh, death um, seeing the crash that killed Dale Earnhardt but I don't know I'm glad there's not a Thursday night game this week because that would have been way too soon um, the, the games on Saturday Urk will be nerve-wracking every time there's a hit. So, thank everyone for allowing me this time to vent, um, to talk about this. Um, life is fragile. You can have everything in the world that can be taken away in a second. Tell the loved ones that you love them. Um, and, yeah. Um, so, my original plan for next week was to try to get a clip show of playoff predictions. I don't I don't know if that shows you know if that show happens next week or in two weeks, I don't know. I won't worry about that until um, next until they make a decision on um, this game. But um if not then I will come up with some content for next week um but I will be taking my you know I try to do at least two breaks a year um so I'm more likely will be taking a break within the next couple weeks for about a month um I have some family obligations in the beginning of February I have to take care of. Um, so th- this would free me up to be able to do that without having to worry about finding a place to record or any- you know, without getting interrupted every five minutes. But um, I just want to say this, you know, once again, Pray for Damar. This has been the Blind Tag Podcast. I'm the host, Kyle Nashheim. And enjoy life. <laughs>